You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, contributor to AthlonSports.com. And today is Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at some of the latest recruiting news because yesterday was a major day for Penn State. We'll talk a little bit about the ups and downs of the developments from yesterday. We're also going to take a look at some of the NFL headlines regarding some former Nittany Lions as team captains are being announced. It was not exactly too surprising to see one of these players was named an NFL team captain for the second straight year. And because it's a day that ends in Y, we'll take a look at the latest developments as far as the status of the Big Ten football season is concerned. See what happened yesterday. Lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. Make sure you are subscribed on your favorite podcasting app. And if you enjoy this episode, make sure afterwards to leave a rating and review. Let us know what you thought about it. You can also reach out to us at any time on any of our social media platforms by using the username LockedOnNittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitch. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get today's episode underway. Penn State may not be playing football this year, or maybe they will. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But the recruiting process still is ongoing for Penn State, and there have been some conversations about what not playing football is going to do to impact Penn State's recruiting efforts. And overall, I don't think it's going to have a too tremendous of a detrimental impact in the grand scheme of things. But it probably will make a couple recruiting battles a little bit tougher because there is some uncertainty about when the Big Ten is going to play again. But I still feel within the next year, we're going to see Big Ten football. So I think a lot of those concerns can probably be put to ease. So Tuesday turned out to be a pretty significant day for those Penn State recruiting efforts as they continue to try and put together pieces in the class of 2021 and of course looking ahead to the class of 2022. There was some good news and some bad news. The bad news is the more significant development from yesterday and that is that five-star offensive tackle Nolan Rucci decided to commit to Wisconsin instead of Penn State. Now for a long time during the recruiting process Penn State seems like they were going to be the favorite to land him uh, one of the top players in the state actually the number one player in all of Pennsylvania, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings, the number five offensive tackle in the country, and the number 16 player in the country overall, according to the same composite rankings. So obviously, getting a chance to land the big offensive tackle from within your home state, that would have been huge for James Franklin and Penn State's recruiting efforts. Certainly a program that looks to try and land the top players within the state whenever possible. But Wisconsin came in. Wisconsin seemed to pull the momentum away in the closing days leading up to the decision which he made last night in a live announcement on CBS Sports Network. And this was a disappointing development for Penn State because they really could have used the addition of Rucci to their offensive line that they've been putting together. They've made some strides with that offensive line and certainly the overall class for 2021 is still going to be in pretty good hands. But obviously missing out on a five-star offensive tackle, that stings. And especially because he's going to another Big Ten program. Fortunately, he won't be in the same division, but you know Wisconsin is an offensive lineman factory. <laughs> they go and they just uh, land whatever offensive lineman they tend to want, and they tend to be, turn out pretty good when they go to Wisconsin. And I have a feeling that the Warwick High School uh, senior you know, product is going to be uh, in pretty good shape going out to Wisconsin, but obviously not being able to get a chance to put him in a Penn State uniform, that's going to hurt Penn State 
as far as uh, the overall quality is concerned, uh, because that would have been uh, kind of like the cherry on top of the, the Sunday <laughs> that Penn State was looking for for this recruiting class. Uh, so unfortunately, he's going to be going to Wisconsin, and uh, I'm sure he's going to be an anchor for that offensive line for the next few years. So we'll wish him the best of luck there. And obviously, uh, when Wisconsin and Penn State happen to cross paths on the, on the uh, schedule uh, in the coming years, that will be certainly something to keep an eye on there. It wasn't all doom and gloom on the Penn State recruiting trail on Tuesday, though. They did get a commitment from four-star linebacker, defensive end uh, Ken Talley out of Philadelphia for uh, Northeast High School. Uh, that was a nice little pickup to the class of 2022. And you know, Penn State's already making some efforts to put together a really good-looking class of 2022. And the addition of one of the top 10 players within the state of Pennsylvania certainly rings true to that whole idea of of, uh, dominating the state obviously they couldn't do it in 2021 by keeping nolan but uh getting a top 10 defensive lend uh, defensive lineman certainly is a, a step in the right direction there so penn state looking like they were the favor for a while and obviously uh there was a very good chance that he was going to be going to penn state obviously has a little bit of a connection with a uh, grad assistant coach Dion barnes who apparently was uh, one of the significant factors according to alliance 24 7 in Kentale making his decision to commit to Penn State on Tuesday. So that's a nice little addition. Obviously, Penn State has done pretty well with defensive linemen over the years. I actually think it's been one of the more consistent positions, you know, certainly on defense, that Penn State has been able to produce. For a school that idolizes that linebacker U mentality, defensive linemen have actually been the more consistent product, I think, coming out of Penn State for quite some time. Not to say that the linebackers have been lacking, because obviously that has not been the case, but I just feel as though the depth on the defensive line has really been considerably stronger for a long time now at Penn State. And I think that that's continuing to be the case moving forward there. Not to say that you're not going to have some good linebackers because obviously they had one of the best linebackers in the country, Michael Parsons. But I think the overall quality of depth at defensive line is continuing to be a real strong suit. And when you've got some really good defensive linemen that can be aggressive and really uh, cause havoc in the backfield, uh, you're going to be in pretty good shape because that's going to make things a lot easier for your linebackers, certainly going to make things easier for your secondary. And that's going to lead to turnover. So uh, we'll see where Ken Talley goes uh, as far as you know, how soon he's going to be able to play exactly what his plan is but uh, obviously a nice little addition to the class of 2022 which is shaping up to looking pretty good just for the sake of comparison as i'm sitting here recording this right now penn state's class of 2021 has a national ranking of 33 and again uh, i know it feels a little bit low and i think a lot of people would like that to be a little bit higher but again smaller class it's going to have a lower rating we've discussed this before on the podcast as well ranked eighth in the big 10 as of right now again that could very well change but uh, i wouldn't be too concerned about where penn state's rankings are right now because it was going to be a smaller class which means that all eyes are really set on what's going to happen with that 2022 class and as of now again very early in the stages for the class 2022 recruiting rankings but as it stands right now 24-7 has them ranked on the composite rankings with a national ranking of three and that's second in the big 10 i'll give you one guess as to which school is ahead of penn state as of right now in those big 10 recruiting rankings and i'm gonna guess you know exactly what school it is yeah it's the school that's just to the west of the border here that is ohio state looking at the rankings right now both schools ohio state and penn state have six commitments on the board for the class 2020 Ohio State has the one five-star, though, while Penn State's got five four-star players. Ohio State has four. So that's the difference a five-star player can make. And that's why it stings that they didn't get a land on Nolan Rucci. 
uh, going into the class of 2021. That would have been a big boost for a class that is going to be small and limited, but could have used a, a nice little uh, boost as far as the rankings are concerned. But if you want to get too concerned about the rankings, that's your prerogative. I'm not going to do that right now because I still feel as though Penn State has put together a pretty solid class, and they've got a pretty good nucleus of players uh, across the board right now that they can really grow with going into whenever the upcoming season or the next season begins. Uh, I feel like Penn State's going to be in pretty good shape. If you're looking for the perfect protein bar that's going to fill you up and taste good in the process, then look no further because Built Bar is here to save your day. They are back. They are new and improved. They're even more deliciouser than they were before. They've got a handful of new flavors to add on to the already great assortment of flavors they've had in the past. You know I'm a big fan of the orange flavor. Uh, the banana bread is actually not that bad either. And hey, I'm a big fan of the uh, peanut butter brownie. But the new flavors that are on board, they're even more enticing because I'm telling you, the Apple Almond Crisp, that is the perfect flavor for fall. It is going to be the perfect match for you guys as you're continuing to find the perfect protein bar for you. And what makes Built Bar so great is they're great for anybody who's health conscious and if you're looking to lose or you maintain weight, they're great for a midday snack or they're great right before a workout. Whatever you need to get you to your next meal or your next objective, Built Bar is a perfect solution for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. And while supplies last, they're going to throw in a free cooler with your purchase. So that's pretty cool. You got $10 off your Built Bars and you get a free cooler possibly. That's a great combination for you. Again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So I was heading into work the other day and I look up at that sticker in the top corner of my windshield and I realize, uh-oh. I'm going to have to get an oil change very soon. So what does that mean? It means it's time for me to go to rockauto.com and see what kind of oil I can get for the best prices available. And of course, you're going to get the best prices available on rockauto.com, no matter if you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional, or if you're just a novice like me who has no idea what they're doing. rockauto.com makes it incredibly easy. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com, type in the make and model of your car, and it's going to bring you up the entire catalog of everything they have available for your vehicle. And it doesn't matter if you're looking for oil or you're looking for air filters. Our buddy Andrew Wade just saved himself $70 by going to rockauto.com to buy his air filters. So they're going to give you the best prices available. And that's why this is a family business and they've been doing this for a very long time. They know what it takes to satisfy their customers using the online business strategy. And they even offer contactless delivery, which is all the rage these days. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Last week, we talked a little bit about the NFL transactions as teams were making their final cuts to get down to that 53-man roster. Well, now with the NFL season about to kick off this weekend, including the Thursday night opener between the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, and former Penn State head coach Bill Bryan and the Houston Texans, we're getting announcements of which players are going to be team captains for their various and respective NFL franchises going into the new season. And it's no real surprise that Saquon Barkley, Penn State's favorite running back over the last 25 years at least, he has been named a team captain by the New York Giants. This will be his second year 
as a team captain, and it didn't take long for him to become an established captain on that Giants team. Obviously, it's a rebuilding franchise, kind of looking to regroup over the last couple of years and restructure how they're going to move forward in a new era. They obviously drafted a new quarterback within the last year and uh, coaching changes. But Saquon Barkley is one of the cornerstone pieces of what the Giants are trying to do offensively. And why not? Because he is so dynamic. And I had this conversation with a buddy at work the other day. And Saquon Barkley, now keep in mind, my coworker is a Cowboys fan. I'm an Eagles fan. And uh, Saquon Barkley, we both agree, is probably the best running back in the division. Or maybe not even arguably the best running back. He is the best running back. He's the most electric player uh, by no stretch of the imagination. And I think you're already seeing that he's being well regarded as one of the coolest players around the NFL and one of the most uh, entertaining players but he's also just a genuinely good person from what all accounts and he has made um, no he's given nobody a reason to suggest otherwise I mean he's just genuinely a good guy and it's not a surprise that a guy like that is going to be a team captain now I started to kind of look around the other NFL uh, franchises as the, the announcements over team captains are being made. And I was kind of curious to see just how many former Penn State players are currently a team captain. And I found a page on Wikipedia that kind of lists all of the team captains uh, broken down into a spreadsheet for each of the NFL teams. Now, I will admit it's not exactly 100% up to date because it does list A.Q. Shipley, former Penn State offensive lineman, as a team captain for the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, that is not uh, up to date right now because A.Q. Shipley had just signed with the Tampa Bay Bucks this offseason within the last couple of weeks and was released by the Bucks, as we mentioned in the podcast last week. So I don't know where he's going, but I would imagine he's going to land somewhere because he, he is an experienced NFL uh, offensive lineman and he does have good character traits, good leadership qualities that any team would probably benefit from having him as long as he's healthy and ready to go. Uh, so I would imagine that depending on where he goes, he could certainly earn himself uh, a role as a captain. But you know, it's sometimes hard for a new free agent offensive lineman to come in and be named a, a, a captain for any team. Now, if he goes back to the Cardinals, maybe it's a different story. Uh, but I was, uh, you know, kind of overwhelmed with how few Penn State players were actually on there because. I will keep in mind, it does list some of these teams that list uh, captains saying they're appointed weekly. So you could very well have some former Penn Staters be a team captain on any given week. The Dallas Cowboys, for example, on this Wikipedia chart, it says that captains are appointed weekly. Now, we know that Sean Lee has been added to the injured reserve list. But anybody who's been watching the Cowboys over the years since Sean Lee came out of Penn State, they know that when Sean Lee's on the field, he is a team captain. If he's on the sideline, he is a team captain. Uh, I, I forget if he's worn the team captain patch or not, but regardless, you know that Sean Lee is considered a team captain for very many good reasons because he is just a, a bona fide leader of that Cowboys defense. So, uh, so there are probably more players out there than uh, are currently listed on this Wikipedia list. And of course, like I said, this this list is not exactly entirely up to date. Another example of that, Carl Nassib, <laughs> listed as a team captain for the Tampa Bay Bucks, of course. Uh, he is, of course, now with the, the, I almost said the Oakland Raiders, but he's now with the Las Vegas Raiders, as far as I know. And the Wikipedia list I was looking at still lists them as the Oakland Raiders, and Derek Carr is one of their team captains. Vontez Perfect is listed as one of their team captains. 
I don't know if uh, Carl Nassib is going to come in and automatically be considered a team captain because, like I said, it's it's difficult for uh, some players to go and join a new team and kind of establish themselves as a team captain right away. Some players can. I don't know if Carl Nassib is one of those players, at least at this point in time. But certainly, if he sticks with the Raiders, he's going to have an excellent chance to be considered a, a leader uh, that players can look up to and respond to. So, uh, you know, there will probably be more Penn State players. I feel like uh, a couple years ago, I put together a graphic that showed that there were like five or six different players that were team captains from Penn State uh, playing in the NFL. Sean Lee was among them at that point in time. I forget who the others were. I might have to go back and dig out that old graphic if I can find it somewhere. But uh, there was a good handful of Penn Staters that were NFL team captains. So I thought well, that was pretty cool. Now, this list that I'm looking at, I, I'm not going to do the work to figure out exactly how many players from what school are team captains. But just know that Saquon Barkley is a team captain for this season. We'll see if any others are added to that list at any point in time. But going back to the whole idea of recruiting a team captain in the NFL, that is absolutely a good selling point that James Franklin and his staff can use when they are out on the recruiting trail because you can sell to your, you know, not only the recruits, but their families that you're going to bring in players and you're going to send them off and some of them are going to get a chance to go in the NFL and they're going to be respected leaders in that profession. So that's a pretty cool selling point, I think, if you ask me. So obviously, if you're James Franklin, you hope a couple other Penn Staters, hopefully ones that you coached, are going to get a chance to be a team captain at the next level. That's absolutely something you should be proud of uh, if you're a college football coach and you're a college football program and you're trying to to make a selling point that not only are you going to send players off to the NFL, but they're going to be respected team captains and leaders. And that speaks volumes about the quality program that those players are coming from. It's time once again for everybody's favorite subject, which is when exactly are we going to see the Big Ten play football again? And is it going to happen anytime soon? Now, over the last couple of days, I feel like I've been getting a little bit more and more frustrated with the people that are listening to people that call themselves or refer to themselves or think of themselves as college football insiders without any track record to suggest that they actually are. So I highly advise you to be very skeptical of any information you see being broken by anybody who calls themselves by the name of a fancy boat, <laughs> just to put that out there. You got to be very careful because, yes, it's it's okay to have some sense of optimism and to seek out sources of information that will give you a reason to be optimistic about the, the Big Ten actually playing football as early as October or November or you know, whenever the case may be. But you got to take it with a grain of salt because unless it's somebody that has a, a history of breaking news, you got to be very careful about what internet speculation you're getting yourself into right now. So on Tuesday, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN reported that political leaders from six different states within the Big Ten sent a letter to Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren and the league's presidents and chancellors with the request to at least consider the, or reconsider the postponement of the 2020 college football season with, I guess, the intent of trying to get it played this season, this fall, as other conferences are continuing to move forward with their respective conferences. Michigan's Speaker of the House of Representatives, Lee Chatfield, was the author of the letter, and it was signed off by Senate and House leaders from 
uh, the following states, Iowa, Minnesota, Ohio, Wisconsin, and of course, Pennsylvania. The lone representative uh, from Pennsylvania that signed this letter was Brian Cutler, speaker uh, from Pennsylvania. And these were uh, all these politicians were from the Republican Party, just to put that out there. So we all know where we are right now. Uh, and I do think that, it, you know, this is one of those things that I'm not going to get too carried away with because I think politicians will do things like this to be involved in try to latch on to something that people generally their constituents will care about and we're in an election year i don't know how many of these people are up for re-election this uh cycle again every state's going to be a little bit different but i i'm genuinely intrigued by whether or not that is an issue here but you know again politicians will do things like this and try to grab on to a popular topic of discussion and there are a lot of people within the big 10 footprint that are still upset with the big 10 for shutting down the the fall season including football so as other state or I sorry, as other conferences are moving ahead with their football, we're just coming off of week one. We're getting ready for week two. The ACC, the Big Twelve, they're getting ready to get started this upcoming weekend, and the Big Ten is still sitting at home. Now, we know that the vote from the Big Ten presidents and chancellors was eleven to three in favor of postponing the fall season. There hasn't been any significant development on exactly when we're going to get Big Ten football to return, but we do know that the conference is evaluating a number of different scenarios. One of those ideas is that potentially a start date in early October, I think it was October 10th was the the official start date that was been thrown around there is more of a rumor than anything else. Uh, we don't know exactly where we are on that. Uh, of course, we're also continuing to get uh, various reactions from around the Big Ten as far as coaches are concerned and, and athletic directors. Jim Harbaugh of Michigan saying that his team is ready to play, probably officially would need about two weeks to get fully prepared for a game. And I think we're seeing some coaches go back on the idea that, or athletic directors, the idea of having a full six-week schedule to really get acclimated for playing football. And I think... If you watch Monday night's game between BYU and Navy, I think that that drives home that point with a nail because Navy, as they were preparing for the start of their season against BYU, they weren't going through the typical football practices that you would generally have before the season. They weren't doing contact drills. And if nothing else from that game between BYU and Navy showed was BYU was ready to hit. Navy was not. And I think that's one of the reasons why you saw also on Tuesday, Temple decided to ask to reschedule their season opener with Navy. Now, they're not Temple wasn't supposed to start playing until September 26th against the midshipmen. But I think after watching Navy's game last night, Temple realizes that they're going to need some more time to prepare and be in real actual football shape before they're getting ready to start. So that game has been pushed back to later in October. I guess Temple will have a game before playing Navy, but regardless, uh, Navy showed that you need to be in football shape before you're ready to play uh, actual football games against another live opponent. Uh, BYU was ready for that. Navy was not. Temple, uh, dealing with uh, the different restrictions that they have in the city of Philadelphia, not able to go through regular practices either. So they're certainly not in football shape, ready to go for the season. So that's why I think if the Big Ten is going to play again, they're going to need to make sure that every program that is going to be playing, and again, I'm not assuming that everybody in the Big Ten is going to play, just for the sake of argument, but everybody that is going to play is going to have to go through the same kind of conditioning and be in the best possible football shape possible before they go ahead and start hitting that other player. So because uh, if you're not ready to make some contact, uh, it's going to be ugly. 
And unfortunately, that's going to put you at risk as far as uh, injuries are concerned, not just COVID-19, but you know, football injuries can happen very quickly if you're not trained and ready for the kind of contact that you're going to have to endure in a football game against another team that is probably more conditioned and ready to go. So if everybody's in the same conference and everybody's playing by the same protocols, uh, obviously the timeline for when football could actually happen is going to have to be a debating point. Uh, I think a minimum of four weeks is probably what you're talking about. And that's just me speculating. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, we're four weeks away from the start of Big Ten football. I don't think that that's the case. Uh, But I think a four-week minimum is what we're going to be talking about. And I think ideally uh, six weeks would be the, the perfect situation even though that's going to push things back a little bit because now we're into the we're going into the second weekend of September. If you were to start in 4 weeks, you're talking about the 19th, the 26th, October 3rd and October 10th. That's probably again, that's that starting point. Uh, but if you go with a 6-week schedule uh, for conditioning and practicing just from this point in time, you're talking about starting uh, your Big 10 football schedule what? Halloween, the week before Halloween? I don't know how many games you're going to be playing at that point, but again, this is why I say I'll believe it when I see it when we talk about the return of Big Ten football. I don't think it's going to happen this fall. If it does, I'm all for it. I'm ready for it, but I just be cautious about how excited and how optimistic you're getting. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to throw salt on anything, but I just feel as though I need to be realistic with you. Look, I'm not rooting against this. If it happens, I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. We'll talk about it, but just... Be cautiously optimistic moving forward and be careful about how excited you get over some sources of information that are out there on the college football Twitter sphere. But that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, I thank you guys for listening and I thank you even more for leaving a subscription and a rating and a review on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Your feedback does generally help us promote the show and grow the show across those various podcasting platforms. So we appreciate all of your support in that way. And of course, you can also connect with us in a variety of ways on social media by using our username Locked On Nittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitch. Stay tuned for some live streams and we'll have some updates about that very soon. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out my college football coverage on athlonsports.com. And also don't forget about my Patreon at patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. Now, there's going to be no Locked On Nittany Lions for you guys tomorrow on Thursday, but I do want to make sure you check out the Locked On College Football Podcast Monday through Friday, new episodes, rotating lists of hosts and co-hosts to get you through uh, throughout the week talking some college football. I'm going to be on there tomorrow. I'm going to be handling co-hosting duties for the Thursday episode. So go ahead and check us out there on Locked On College Football and get a preview of Week 2's action coming your way. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully you guys do go check it out and subscribe, rate, and review over there as well. Until next time, everybody, have a great day. Go one and know, and I'll talk to you again very soon.